I know this story. We covered this as an anti-union story. Why are you starting with the anti-union crap? Well, no, this is pro-union. Like, he's pleading guilty to it. They caught him. Like, everything <laughs> that true. everyone says about, like, unions, oh, union's bad. Like, I'm, I'm, the system is working. Like, he, he embezzled money from the UAW. Yeah. Do I, unions work, CJ? Oh, do unions work? What a question. <laughs> you yeah, know, let's just jump you know, right in. Scholars okay. remain divided. I'm going to be honest. Um, it's mostly the University of Chicago versus everyone else, I think, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> do unions work? Um, I mean, do we have weekends? Do we have a limit to the number of hours that we're supposed to work in a week? I mean, on paper. On paper, you're right. You're right. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, yeah, but that's, abs- that's absolutely a testament to the fact that unionization um, does work. There is power in it. There is power in collective action, right? That's the whole, that's the whole shtick is just standing together and making a demand because, you know, it's a bug's life. The ants outnumber mm-hmm. the, what are they? Grasshoppers? Grasshoppers. Grasshoppers. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The ants outnumber the grasshoppers and... Uh, because of that, they're able to overthrow this is them. Ants, not a bug's life, right? No, this is a bug's life. Ants was the oh. ants was the what's is his face ripoff of a bug's life. It was right when okay. he left the company. It was right when he left Disney. Yeah, Kratzenberg. Yeah, Kratzenberg. Kratzenberg was exiled from the Walt Disney Company right around the time they were working on a bug's life. So then he went and made his own studio and literally stole the a bug's life concept and made ants. Ah. Now that's the guy who did Quibi, right? Uh, stop, please. <laughs> I can't. I can't go down this rabbit hole right no, now. We, we don't have to go down this rabbit hole. There's just a lot of people who are terrible, who have bad ideas, who just so happen to produce anti-union movies. Uh, I assume, and pro-union movies coming from good places. Sure, the that unions work. <laughs> I mean, it's hilarious because like Disney has actually made at least I can think of the top of my head two incredibly popular pro-union works, which is Newsies and A Bug's Life. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and you know, yet I have friends who have worked at Disney who have explicitly told me that even they can have you know a thousand workers from the Walt Disney World Park on board with the concept of unionizing and Disney just tells them, if you try and do this, we'll just fire you all and replace you. Mm. A thousand workers can just be fired and replaced because that's just how big the company is. This uh, monopolization of capital is not going well. It's almost as if they understand that the story is maybe something that people will relate to and pay to see on screen for entertainment. But if it affects them and their employees and their bottom line, well then, never mind. Ignore that film. Ignore everything we taught you when you were kids. Yeah, unionization is this, like, romantic, idyllic thing where, like, coal miners, like, with smudged faces, like, marched around with pickaxes on their shoulders and, like, told those bosses that they were, weren't going to work until they got fair pay, and then they didn't work, and they got fair pay, and that's what unionization yeah. is. None of them, none of them were, were violently murdered, none of them were arrested, none of them experienced any hardship whatsoever, they just marched until they got what they wanted. That's, that's exactly right, that's exactly how it happened, for sure. It was a peaceful protest, yeah. I live in Colorado, and I can confirm that no one has ever fought a protracted coal field war against any company, or government. <laughs> I'm gonna cry. <laughs> Psychic Dolphin Garage.
Good evening, afternoon, morning to each and every one of you. Welcome back to the Psychic Dolphin Garage. Uh, I am back in the garage. It is I, Zach, he, they. And I'm Charlie, she, her. And it's very nice to have you here, Zach. Charlie, it's <laughs> amazing to be back here using my radio voice, hearing your radio voice. Teaching myself to talk lower and be more interesting on the radio. <laughs> be more interesting, yes, our podcast, the most interesting <laughs> podcast in the world. We don't have Bo and Dennis here because we've replaced them for this week with some very special guests, uh, some <laughs> friends of mine. We have uh, some workers from the first Starbucks to unionize in Texas. We have uh, CJ and Gaz. Welcome. Careful there. We're not unionized yet. We just petitioned. It's just a petition. We just petitioned. Wonderful. Can y'all give me names? <laughs> but I appreciate and... your optimism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can y'all give me names and pronouns so I can cut it in so we can yeah. recognize your beautiful voices? Yeah, I'm CJ, um, and I use he pronouns and they pronouns. I'm Gaz. I use he, they. Hell yes. Oh we my god, a, it's almost a We are a, a very he-they show. It's a full show of he-theys. Let's go. Ah, uh, we just missing should have Dennis replaced and... me with Bo and Dennis. That's true. Then we would have had a full he-they podcast. <laughs> the the himbo squad, okay? <laughs> oh no. The dumbest. We, we, yes, we how are we feeling have... about the implication that we're himbos? Should we, uh, are we staying? I love it. I'll take oh, okay. it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, CJ, shut up, CJ. <laughs> You don't speak for all of us. <laughs> I've outed myself as a himbo. God damn it. Uh, yes. I misread uh, the room. CJ and I both somehow started going back to the gym this week. So you know what? Yep. How did that uh, happen? I don't we didn't know. even talk about it. We didn't. We just, we're just, our cycles are synced. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. <sighs> yeah, I'm... I'm doing it because I have I've I've received a new job since the last time I was on here and I work from home now so I like cook for myself and like take a shower regularly and like do That's laundry really, it's kind of strange really wonderful to hear from where you were at last <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah throwback to last time God I really just want to die. Just really badly. <laughs> it's been so long and you deserve this. <laughs> God. Uh, yeah, no, I've I've talked to CJ a couple times about coming on and talking about, you know, unionizing. But like, you know, realistically, what 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 is CJ going to come on? What are we going to do? Like in our DMs, we kind of, you know, bitch about work all the time anyways. So and now you, the listener can get that experience <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna cry exactly oh. and we finally have some like uh you know some fun spicy stuff to talk about yeah one about of us finally decided to unionize the workplace all right all right <laughs> <laughs> the other one just works from home mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah the other yeah. one said what if i just become more antisocial mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah mm -hmm. Not I mean, anti-socialist, I want to be very clear. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be an ultra now. Oh, let's go, I'm ready. I'm logging into reddit.com under my 16 alts to go raid this one post. <laughs> uh, so, I guess diving right in. CJ and Gaz, tell us the nitty gritty. Tell us how many Starbucks executives you had to fight in, uh, you know, to the death in the gladiatorial fight that is unionization. Gaz, you want to give them the number? Are you ready? The, first, the mental <laughs> picture has to 
get swiped from my brain of what that would look like. <laughs> Since we all studied the the faces of all the executives so we could recognize them on site if they walked in the building. <laughs> well, I didn't think they were fighters. And, you know, there's been meetings recently where they've kind of, you know, tried to edge people back to their seat and out of the room if they, you know, so much as question why fair acts and stuff haven't been signed. And it's just... It's a lot of um, paper pushers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then we work with our hands all day with hot coffee. So I feel like it wouldn't be a fair fight. You're right. You're right. But, um, (laughs) you know, I think you kind of I think you kind of tipped our hat there a little bit, Gaz, uh, by implying that we haven't fought anyone. So um, I guess I get to give the number, which is we at our store in particular, we have not had a single executive visit our store since we went public and filed our petition to unionize that's stellar which is very um uncharacteristic when we talk about the other you know 150 plus stores in the country that are trying to unionize right now yeah did starbucks not just bring back the ceo who's really whose thing is union breaking (laughs) oh boy correct yeah you're right correct (laughs) i think i said about that oh god uh, yeah, yeah. We don't know if that'll change anything, but so far, I mean, I don't know. I didn't think that we were a tiny state that maybe would go by unnoticed. We were bracing ourselves, and it's been, it's been pretty anticlimactic. Yeah, we we live in we live in fucking Texas. Our 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 Starbucks store is in like almost central Texas, like south central Texas. We were fully yeah. like we were expecting, we were preparing to deal with worse than anybody in the country Mm -hmm. had dealt with yet and it honestly looks more like places like kansas and arizona are the ones that are dealing with like the worst that starbucks has to throw out and it's not it's not us which is i mean we're incredibly thankful like (laughs) (laughs) we're so happy that we're not having to deal with any of that don't get it wrong that's not an invitation (laughs) (laughs) it sounds like they're just relying they're just relying on the state of texas itself to try and crush your spirits Maybe. We have a lot of theories, some of which we can't actually openly discuss, not even here, just for the protection of certain individuals, but like... We will not ask you to repeat that on the Patreon, so... (laughs) Yeah, they're they're un... Like, yeah. They're unretiring Kevin killed the union workers Johnson during their union crisis. (laughs) Um, No, they're unretiring Howard killed the union Schultz. Kevin Johnson just, like, abruptly left with a $60 million golden parachute oh jesus okay meanwhile across the country every work every barista and shift supervisors hours are getting slashed almost on average in half but jesus you know that is extraordinary oh yeah what sorts of behaviors are you seeing out of the company that are really motivating people to unionize at starbucks like hours getting slashed is there anything else going on that's like honestly um I think Gaz should take this one since he's n- newer to the company than I am. So he has that like fresh perspective on what's going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know what influenced our store was funnily enough, the, the updates we were getting about what was happening in Buffalo that other stores were doing it, you know, and on their own, everyone kind of went, huh, you know, we have a lot of problems around here <laughs> that maybe, <laughs> Maybe we could do something about if other people can. And I think in a previous conversation that you and I have had um, on the phone, Gaz, you said something that I think really summarizes it well, which was, yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) which was that um, like the first letter that 
the first message from Rossanne that we received, the first official communication from a Starbucks executive to all of the stores across the country, basically outlined the problems that the partners in Buffalo were saying that they were experiencing, which related a lot to short staffing, not actually having proper COVID restrictions in place or them not being very well enforced. There were some discussions about various safety hazards that both that that didn't include COVID. And a lot of it kind of centered around staffing problems and everybody being overworked and constantly short staffed and just the way that Starbucks was handling that. And when Rossanne outlined this in the letter, she basically blamed the partners for their poor experience. Or I believe the <laughs> the official wording was more along the lines of that they were not receiving the Starbucks experience because Partners were not willing to pick up each other's shifts. They were not being flexible with their availability and different things like that. And partners is what they call you. Oh yeah, we're we're all partners the with the company. Ah, okay. Every every single every single person at Starbucks, from the executive level down to that down to the the retail level, is a partner with the company. Oh, right, because of my uh, hypothetical stocks that I own in the company. <laughs> yeah, the stocks that right. you're given every single I hear they're year. coming. Yeah, you're supposed to get them in November of this year, Gaz. You're uh, you're definitely not a stock buyback sneaky scheme program that Starbucks has. Um, <laughs> no, it's a benefit, right? It's a benefit for for partners, obviously. Yeah, I also sell stocks in my Polycule. I thought everyone does this. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know, some of us have just just have a larger holding in the polycule itself. We want to see it. You know, I I bought the under, so I I want to see the polycule fail so that I can you know get better returns on my on my stocks. Now I have to send an email inviting Rossanne to come visit our store just so I can look her in the eye and make a comment about the Starbucks polycule, <laughs> the National Starbucks polycule. I. I you're all partners. Like you're, you're <laughs> one giant polykill. That's that was their scheme the whole way. Rossanne just wanted to be loved. A nine thousand store polycule. <laughs> yeah. Also, I'm worried that you might introduce Rossanne to the concept of being poly, and then they'll just fold that right into the rhetoric about how cool that is. Like, uh, well, I mean, honestly, they could stand to considering that you can give your healthcare benefits to a partner, but if you have multiple partners, you can only mm. pick one of them. So, you know, Rossanne maybe could stand to learn a thing or two about polyamory, but that's honestly. a different tangent. <laughs> <laughs> that is yeah. after, after the union is formed. After the union is formed. Um, no, um, basically what Gaz pointed out was that everybody in our store read that, where the partners are being blamed for not picking up each other's shifts and not, you know, being willing to help each other, not do things to take care of each other. And we all in our store independently looked around and we're just like, okay, but we do all have open availability for the most part. We do pick up each other's shifts and pick up the slack and and change our hours on the go to make sure that all of the shifts are covered. And we still have all the same issues and complaints that we're seeing these partners in Buffalo bring up. So mm -hmm. obviously it's not them. It's and funny that she thought we'd agree with her. Yes. <laughs> and instead it might have radicalized a dozen stores across the nation. Truly, truly. I, I've been saying this to, to the partners in my store and to the other stores that have reached out and wanted to talk to us, um, where I'm just like, I hope I get to tell 
Rossanne, thank you someday for writing that first message because we wouldn't be here without her. <laughs> it's it's kind of like this combination of like very standard like UFCW comes in and goes, um, hey, do y'all like hate the fact that your AC only works six months out of the year and nobody's ever cleaned your water filters? Combined with like Rossanne being this like abusive relationship kind of thing where it's like, well, you never do the dishes and you don't you know clean up all this <laughs> stuff and and you're always at work all the time and and it's like uh what we did do an episode where we read through uh the end of one of our episodes we read through the starbucks official ross ann bio and just tore into her because oh my god she's just the worst person just <laughs> by there just by starbucks own admission out they're just like, oh no, she's just like the person who went around the world, like managing Starbucks in like the Middle East or some shit. And you're just like, what? What does that mean? <laughs> like, what do you mean you're jet setting around the world and just like dealing with Starbucks? Like, it, I don't know. It sounds to me like some sort of union busting scam around the globe. But what would I know? I mean, I call that colonialism, but you know. <laughs> I mean, Rossanne doesn't. Rossanne calls that uh, an inclusive partnership. I'm gonna cry. Ooh. <sighs> yeah 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 <laughs> yeah we will we will take all forms of currency from everyone around the globe don't you worry we're coming <laughs> to you next <laughs> so you know after kind of getting the the stereotypical fast food experience and then and then having this like this catalyst just handed to you printed out and posted in every store almost you had to you struggled and you you know you had big meetings where you called out everyone and like explain to them that the union would help and 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 that you you know you stood outside and picketed and and chanted together in the store and all that stuff who yes <laughs> us, absolutely that is that's what happened right guys because that's what everybody pictures when when they picture a, a workplace unionizing so that's exactly what we went through I think you're describing a Disney musical movie that I missed. I might be thinking of the Peaky Blinders scene with the communist in the factory, like with all the guys gathered around and they're all like yelling and pumping their fists. <laughs> what's what's the one that Sally Field won the the Oscar for? That's the one I think of working in the uh I don't know what they made. It was like that general like we're assembly line people and we don't get to take our lunch and she like, you know, puts the sign on the board and suddenly everybody's like, yeah, <laughs> right. Union rights. All I'm, I'm thinking like, of I is wish that were me. Aaron Brockovich, but that's not it. <laughs> oh my God. Which one was it? I can't think of it. It's not coming to me. <laughs> well, the point is that perhaps is not, uh, it doesn't happen like the movies. So oh. what would you say has been the most influential force in solidarity at your Starbucks? Um, Literally just the fact that we all uh, like each other. I, you know, I, hey, I, I would honestly go so far as to say that every single person who works in our store does genuinely care about everybody else who works in the store. But like at this point, I wouldn't even say it was about the genuine care. Like when we were first starting off, I think it was just straight up that everyone liked each other. Nobody likes to see anybody struggling. and it really just took, you know, a couple of people going, well, you know, we could do this too. We could, we could do this. Like, why not? And that was enough to get everybody saying, I mean, we could do this. Why not? 
you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um like it it wasn't it wasn't big it wasn't dramatic i mean like the most dramatic thing was making sure that our manager didn't catch wind of it and apparently i think we later found out that or no we didn't find out we we have a suspicion that she did at some point catch wind that there was talk of unionizing in the store. Well, I think as much as it's great that Starbucks was transparent and wasn't just hoping that baristas weren't, you know, checking out the headlines and seeing what was going on, but they opened, you know, the can of worms for the floor to, you know, feel open to having that conversation at all. So you were getting people giving commentary and their opinions about unions in general and what their thoughts are about unionization in you know restaurants fast food service industry and you know so i imagine that any manager is going to wonder is my store next Mm -hmm. not to mention we suspect that they're being directly asked from people above them to look out for certain things so i think any manager is kind of (laughs) suspicious do your employees seem to like one another you got to do something about that as the manager, because that's the number one factor that leads to unionization, <laughs> having any basic human respect for one another. Crying. I've literally heard stories about people just even being told like, oh, you're not supposed to have group chats. outside. Oh, my God. It's like, don't be friends. Don't be friends with your workers, but that's also work together really well. But also don't like like each other a lot, like each other enough to be spiteful that someone else is performing better than you because being angry at at your, you know, coworkers is what will keep you motivated to come back here every morning at 5 a.m., 4 a.m. Just say, I worked at a Starbucks for like a year or two and I can't think of a single metric you could even compare each other against, but that might just be because I didn't care to look deep enough. (laughs) When you say metric you can compare each other against, are you talking like, stuff like pay and and whatnot well i i guess what i mean is like when i worked at like like i worked at a radio shack for a while and they had a a like commission-based system they had Mm. sales they had all these figures that like Mm -hmm. they do regular you know try and foster competition among the employees and when i worked at starbucks you know admittedly like a decade ago at this point but we just didn't have that there was just like total number of sales increase them i'm sure there's plenty they can divide each other uh y'all among but i was thinking in terms of oh outspoken trying to pit you against each other and uh undermine solidarity oh yeah no um because and the reason that that doesn't happen is because they're just constantly beating everybody down you know we have this concept at starbucks of coaching other places call it Mm. feedback some people Mm. might even go so far as to call it critiquing or criticism oh no a struggle session Oh no, struggle session. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, so the, the term that is used at Starbucks is coaching, which is, you know, and, and anybody can coach anybody in theory, you know, that can be store manager to a barista, barista to barista, barista to shift supervisor, so on and so forth. Everybody can receive coaching from anybody, but it really does. Most every store that I've worked at, because I've worked at stores in California, I worked at about seven different stores there, and then I've worked now at three different stores here in, in Texas. You know, this store that I'm working at right now is probably the only store where people actually go out of their way to tell each other good job and to compliment each other and to um, give each other praise. Whereas at all my other stores, it's pretty much just constantly like we're all striving to become better and nobody is ever the best. And so we all have to keep working on on ourselves and on, I guess, in gamer terms and on our skills, because it's always a skill issue. 
I've playing been playing Elden Ring. I was gonna go with poise. I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So you know they're not pitting us against each other because they're just the constantly whole oppressing our, us constantly. I it I hate to I mean I hate to be cliche about it, but goddamn that's dystopian. Like Jesus, it's <laughs> it, it's just galling to work in environments that are. What can I say? It's galling to work in environments like that. When I worked at a Starbucks, we didn't have anything like that. I am very upset by hearing about that. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm speechless. <laughs> I've been straight up told that, you know, if you have issues with a peer, you're still supposed to go straight to that peer, even if it's, you know, personal conflict on the floor. You know, like they really do. It almost sounds like it's, you know, they're trying to frame it as, you know, you should feel comfortable coaching each other, right? Mm. Coaching or, you know, if you have a problem with someone, you should approach them. Did you let them know? And it's like, are you just setting us up to hate each other? Because I, I feel like it's a setup. I feel like it's, you know, it, it's creating conflict. Yeah, you should go confront them like right now. Like, we're in the middle of a shift. So you gotta, you gotta fight it out, you know? <laughs> I, I know that from our conversation cj you've talked about how like y'all seemed to have an advantage in this stage in this like having having co a cohesive team in the store stage but do you do you think that there's like do you think that there's like any secret sauce that made that work you know it's funny because it was very obvious after I arrived at the store and then Gaz did end up working at the store shortly after me. And and just for a little context, Gaz and I have known each other for years at this point. Um, we are both professional actors and we have done shows um, together on stage. And uh, so we, we had a we had a bit of history. But when I started working at the store, there was... I wouldn't say there was a lot of conflict because I'd seen more conflict at at stores before, but there was definitely some disjointedness, which my which our store manager um, attributed to the fact that she was still new to the position, that they were going through a change in leadership, which was causing some tensions within the store. <laughs> they always say that when things get worse when they hire a new manager. <laughs> of course, of course. And, you know, I, I do want to actually give some credit to our store manager. Um, and this is one of the things that I think Gaz and I want to get into because our situation is a little unique when it comes to our to our store manager. But I do want to give some credit to our store manager because she immediately actively started working on ways that she could mend any issues that were being experienced either between her and and the people who were already established at that store or um, between the new team that she was bringing in as she was hiring people and the team that um, had been there for a lengthy period of time. And none of it particularly felt super like corporately ghoulish, like she genuinely did just do what she could to uh, cultivate an environment. But I do, I have to give, I have to give myself some credit, which is a massive struggle for me, but um, I really did go out of my way when I got into that store to make friends with everybody and to create an atmosphere where people felt like they could chat with each other and joke with each other and and all of these things, which was a which was stepping out of my comfort zone a little bit. I usually am very quiet when I first get to a new a group of people like anytime we start like we would start working on a new show for example back when I did a lot of theater 
Um, was always very quiet the first few rehearsals just because I didn't really know anybody. And then like as time went on, I would speak up more. But this time around, I did things a little different. Like, honestly, the secret sauce, if I'm to summarize it, is just that we made friends with the people that we worked with. Like, that's it. Yeah. We joked. We laughed. We had inside jokes. We essentially were hanging out when we were working together. And that was really all that it took for people to have enough trust with each other that they felt like, okay. Yeah, I guess we'll do this thing. Yeah, and it's it's sometimes it's a little silly to to reduce it for me like this, but like that that's exactly what a union is. Like before we formalized all of it, it was just everyone liked each other, trusted each other over the boss and just said, "Okay, we have solidarity. We're going to just not fucking work if there is a problem. We want to strike and do something." And we 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 formalized it to a point where people can get caught up in the like, "But how do I convince people to like sign the petition how do i get people to 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 get through that process but at the end of the day like if you're just friends and someone says hey we could just do this like there you go i mean we actually wrote that in our letter we straight up just wrote we're we already act like a union so we we're just gonna formalize it now in our letter Mm -hmm. to kevin johnson right hell yeah that's awesome that's the way to do it (laughs) guys might have some more insight since he came into the store kind of after i had already you know started started trying to to make friends with everybody and and you know kind of create a more like warm environment so i don't was i successful gaz <laughs> in doing that would you say oh i mean yeah when i walked in it was it was plenty warm <laughs> it oh, was yeah. super easy to jump in there and, and chill with everybody everyone was so comfortable and i was shocked like how often do you go into a new atmosphere and feel that you know social comfort Mm-hmm. so like obviously I, I mean we have good people like i imagine i think every starbucks partner you know is good people there but like i think we're lucky that our store already feels comfortable with each other and it was an easy idea to sell guys i i want to ask you because i haven't heard from you do you feel like there was any like like there was some like training that you've been to or like because you were already you know in the and these other have already had these like union experiences that you were like maybe more comfortable with this idea. Oh yeah. And was there like something that you like kind of like tried to bring to your store to help people? Because I know I, I like you said in your letter, the biggest thing is you're already friends, you're already acting like a union. Formalizing it is more of a practice in paperwork, I guess. So like, is that is that kind of like, was there something something else that like you felt made you, uh, you felt helped you as you were kind of walking through this? I mean, it's just that life experience that you pick up, and you know, I can only control, you know, what I can from from my level, which is the lowest, you know, on the Starbucks pyramid, and so it's hard because it was hard for me to walk into an atmosphere. Like I haven't worked in customer service in a couple of years, you know, I'm here for the insurance and, you know, with the pandemic, I wasn't going to be able to be on stage. And so it was hard to go back into an atmosphere where if those systems aren't in place, there's not a lot you can do. Mostly it was just encouraging people to use the resources that Starbucks has set up. Mm-hmm knowing that they're probably not going to work any better than they've ever had for them before. You know, people are already discouraged to use some of those things because they don't, you know, it, it's at the, like, you know, at the end of the day, 
those things are in place to protect Starbucks. What sorts of things are you referring to? We have, you know, like a um, partner connection. Uh, what does the PCC stand for? Oh, God. Um, oh, shoot. Like, Give me a second. Part, partner Connection Center or, but, you know, hotlines where you can call and, and discuss if you think that there's a problem at your workplace or there's just issues that you need to take up higher than Oh, uh, like an incident report in store. Yes, we also have our ethics hotline that we can call to file like official reports, which is like a third party organization outside of Starbucks that we can essentially keep a record on like different targeted harassment or, or you know, health and safety concerns or whatever um, with this with this third party, quote unquote. I found the partner resources page on Starbucks, the partner contact center, mm-hmm. my partner info. Um, the Starbucks Benefits Center, mm-hmm. Coffee Gear, your source for branded apparel, dress code, approved items, gifts, and more. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fidelity Net Benefits for Beanstalk and SIP. Yeah, 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 Life yeah, Works. That's, that's our not stock buyback stock program. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Life Works Employee Assistance Plan and Wellbeing app. Oh God, I don't even know that I know I mean, what that is. That's the probably the Headspace thing. I don't know. That's Starbucks Canada. No, Headspace is for guided meditation. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, yes. A valuable benefit of our employment. Yes. Uh, those guided meditations are really going to do a lot to ease my trauma from the pandemic, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Being forced for... <laughs> to work through each wave of the pandemic. For when there's only four of you in the store, get in the right Headspace. <laughs> <laughs> there's only four of you in the store during peak. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Don't worry about the lunch rush. When you're in the right headspace, you won't right. even. Uh, it won't even. Yeah, Manulife future savings. So like, like a hotline to call because you need help pinching <laughs> your pennies correctly. Mm-hmm. You need someone to tell you to order lentils for lunch instead of you know. <laughs> well, so and here's here's the best part about all of these benefits that you're going through, of which of course there are more, like the ones that people know, like healthcare, and now we get therapy sessions, which I am utilizing, by the way. Um, Genuinely good. Do we still get free Spotify? We still get free Spotify, and everybody everybody knows about the free Spotify. <laughs> I didn't know about that. Gosh. So who needs therapy? <laughs> yeah. Um. So you know we have we have a lot of those bigger benefits as well. There's Lyft to work. There's a ton of other stuff. But, you know, the catch, of course, to all these benefits is every six months you have to have worked a certain number of benefits eligible hours. And then Ah. they do a benefits audit every six months. And if you did not reach that minimum. So the catch was that you have to have six months. Every six months you have to have enough hours on enough eligible hours to get access to the benefits. Correct. And so, like, I started working there in May of last year, and I've still been unable to qualify for anything. So, clearly, you just, you know, you aren't, like, you know, confront, you aren't confronting your manager about these personal problems enough to sort it out to make sure that you get on the schedule enough for eligible hours that you would then be able to have so you have enough to get the, it's all your fault. According to Roxanne, <laughs> if we would just <laughs> work harder and more, uh, work more harder, yeah. I like. I'm not quite. Yeah. If you worked more harder, all these problems would just go away. It can't possibly be their fault. And yet you're unionizing because there are so many people who have to work so much, so unstably. You'd think everyone would hit the hours. 
It's like they've set the entire thing up to not work. Well, and that's what a lot of people are, you know, stuck with right now at stores that, unlike ours, you know, hours were getting slashed a lot earlier, uh, starting back a couple of months ago, I think even before the new year. And I'm hearing tons of stories about uh, where it almost sounds like these partners are forced to exit the company in order to then get a second job to supplement their hours at Starbucks getting cut, you know, like they keep you on the schedule just mm -hmm. enough and you can't negotiate your schedule anymore to get another job in the meantime. And, you know, again, it, oh, it's your fault. They keep wanting employees to be as flexible as possible under all circumstances. And even if it means just, you know, don't eat. Just don't eat this month. <laughs> right. And this is this is my example, not at a Starbucks, but like the last job I had, I literally said, I only want 20 hours a week. That's like all I want. It's all I had to do. And I really wanted that. And every single week they were scheduling me for 25, 35, 45, like just whatever they wanted. And every week I had to force them to change it. And sometimes they just didn't show up to work because I'm like, I told you I hit my I hit my limit. Cause like I had the, I, I had the flexibility to be able to say that, but it's, it, it just, it just, uh, whenever they say flexibility, they don't mean work less or work more. They just mean work different than you want to. Yeah. <laughs> that was kind of my experience in the first half when I started working there was, you know, I wanted fewer hours. I wanted to be able to qualify for benefits, which mm -hmm. didn't happen, but I knew I would burn out because I haven't been back in this industry in a while. Yeah. I hadn't been working at all for, you know, at least a year. And, you know, I knew that I was at risk of, of burning out real fast because when I jump into new things, I want to be good. Mm -hmm. And Starbucks training is basically non-existent right now for new <laughs> yeah. people. Oh. And so it was, it's a lot of personal pressure, you know, that I don't want to be in the business of disappointing people when I hand them the incorrect stuff, you know? Yeah. And so it was a lot of, you know, it was exhausting and everyone around me was exhausted, especially as we were heading into holidays. And, you know, it was like, I would get asked like, so, you know, why, why aren't you getting here on time? Like you seem really tired and it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no shit. <laughs> you think <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure I was open about being very tired all the time. Yeah. That's like, I told you how much I wanted to work. Maybe that has something, you know, being scheduled twice as much has something to do with it. Maybe mm -hmm. I told you how much I'm capable of doing and you just keep scheduling me to close and then open. And so then now with, you know, I, I, our store, I, again, I think we're getting off pretty lucky. A lot of, you know, the problems happening at other stores, we haven't had the displeasure of having to deal with. Yeah. But the stories I'm hearing are horrifying and they're scaring people at my store. You know, everyone's just kind of wondering when that influence is going to come down south and how we prepare for it. And, I, I, you know, we don't know what to tell people, but just to get ready to vote. This is, you know, this was kind of your, your critical point. And then now you've, you know, you've, 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 you've signed the cards, you've sent them away. You're going to be doing, you know, the rest of the unionization stuff. What, uh, what, what, how well or not well supported do you feel from like the community? Like what's the feedback been be being the first Starbucks in Texas to unionize being, being in that position where you are now kind of I, I i assume hopefully you know we don't we sh probably shouldn't talk about it you know to keep everything uh you know to keep people safe but like you know maybe there are other partners that are reaching out to you to ask for things how well 
how well uh, supported do you feel by kind of the community at large? Is there a lot of like you see a bunch of like hate comments on Facebook and Twitter and stuff or no? I mean, they, the support was the thing we were the most optimistic about and the thing that kind of kept us motivated when out, you know, what is it going to be like once this goes public? And because it's Texas, we were prepared for, you know, some interesting conversations maybe at the drive through and stuff, but we have such a diverse customer base. So we weren't really worried. We knew that there would be more support than pushback. Mm-hmm. but prepared for some awkward conversations. And thankfully that optimism wasn't, was, you know, pretty spot on. Mm-hmm. And when we went public on Twitter, it was pretty late at night. I think it was like a Monday night at 11 PM. Yeah, it was, well, no, it wasn't 11. It was actually uh, 8 PM. Um, ah. So it wasn't quite that late, but it was still pretty late, you know? <laughs> and the response online was immediate. And you know, what what we anticipated, because those are people looking out for these stories already. These are people already, you know, hoping to see a new state join the movement. But in person at our store, we've had so many people who have like relocated to our store cafe to do their daily work, you know, because they want to be around and support us and be there in case anything is weird. But they, you know, CJ and I came in the next day just in time to catch somebody getting their coffee and as they were leaving they were like happy unionizing and i like that was the best feeling in the world it was so cute it was wonderful (laughs) adorable (laughs) cj what do you think about uh the support from the community oh okay i i see where this is going now i understand (laughs) um (laughs) okay um so i mean like Gaz said the out pouring of support was uh, for me at least it was completely overwhelming you know like i said we were prepared especially because it's texas so like obviously all these people who have been following the starbucks union movement and who are just chomping at the bit for the next state to join like for it to be texas that (laughs) you know has thrown their hat into the ring we knew that was gonna be a massive deal in fact i would go so far as to say that for several of our of our people at our store when we when it was time to sign cards um like most of them would ask us as we put as we presented them with the card so wait if we do this will will we be the first in texas and that was like massive for a lot of them (laughs) um i would say it has become a huge part of many individuals at our stores uh identity mine included but um so we got all of that we got all of that support. My follower count on Twitter grew like 300%. And, you know, we were getting all kinds of press and media reaching out to us and everything. And, oh, boy. And <laughs> that's a whole that's a whole thing that we can get into. But I think we all already are aware that the press is just fucking corrupt and... and <laughs> fucking vultures. They're just vultures, yeah. Um, in fact, it got to the point we were getting so many emails from press that were like, we need a response ASAP and we need to know by this date and all of this stuff. And I just kind of went to our organizing committee at one point and just said, they don't need... I mean, we don't need them. They need us. So they're going to do this on our time. And no, none of you need to worry about it. We will handle this when we want to handle it, or we won't, because... 
we're not at their mercy they're at our mercy essentially um (laughs) and they and they were um and they still are honestly we still are getting requests for press from a lot of the same people who've been reaching out to us since we went public like that's not a joke we love to hear a story of you wrapping the press around your finger yeah for sure for sure of course after they hear this this segment on your podcast they'll stop reaching out to us just to try and save their own dignity right all the all of the press listens all of the press that listens to your podcast hey if you want to send our episode to the mainstream media, we're not going to complain. <laughs> <laughs> I might wait till after we have won our union election vote, but I do intend to idea. spread this around. However, <laughs> we, we have to play it safe to some extent. <laughs> I'll, I'll edit it real good for you then. It's ridiculous that they like that they like. We're going to treat these these unionizing workers the same way that their bosses treated them. Like you know, like right, they, like like we need something from them. Right. You know, we're going to have them do it for free also. I think the biggest thing of support that we got, though, was um, our local DSA chapter. They tried to reach out to us in various different ways, and we really were just overwhelmed at that point. So it wasn't until a day or two later that I was finally able to connect with them. And it was about two or three people who were a member of the DSA here. And they wanted me to get in this signal group chat that they had put together. And I was just kind of like, okay, give me a second, you know, truly, like, we're blown away by the support. It's very overwhelming. I just need y'all to send me an email at this email address because we're trying to get everybody to contact us at the same point because (laughs) I can't keep track of Twitter DMs to five different individuals and a signal group chat and, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. other avenues people try and reach out to us, like, please just email me. So they emailed me and then I finally got in a Zoom call with them and Gaz was able to join this Zoom call as well, where they basically told us that whatever we needed at any time, they would be able to make it happen. Um, There was actually a city council member who was present in this Zoom call who just looked at us and said, if Starbucks starts trying anything with you and you need you know, people um, in who ha- who essentially have some positions of power or at least some say to start throwing their weight around, we will do that. I have friends who are also on city council and I will pull them together and we'll make that happen. That fucking rocks. That's great. It was crazy. I mean, and the culmination of all this was basically them saying that they had ties to unionized workplaces all around San Antonio. Um, as well as non-unionized workplaces that we're still trying to organize, um, which culminated in thousands of workers. And they basically said, we can we can mobilize thousands of workers for anything you need at any time. You just need to let like let us know. We could probably have stuff together within like 15 minutes. I got off that Zoom call and I went and laid in bed and stared at the ceiling for like an hour. <laughs> I, I had to talk to my therapist about it. The next time I saw her, I was like, how do you cope with someone basically telling you that the whole city is at your beck and call whenever you need them? How do you how do you handle that? Um, <laughs> That's and, so good. I hope we all have to talk to a therapist about that. One <laughs> I was like, I was like, what is happening right now? Um, her response was so great. She was like, well, I mean, you know, you basically, you know, or, were a massive part in organizing your workplace, right? So this is just what you did there, but on a larger scale, on a citywide scale, mm-hmm. right? And I was like, oh, okay, you're right. That's mm-hmm. that's good. I can work with that. <laughs> and you have a, a union competent therapist too. That that's great. Oh yeah, no, my therapist is fantastic. My my Starbucks provided therapist has been intensely helpful and supportive throughout this entire process. I I, I kid you not.
So so that's all the good stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now we get to the stuff that 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 Zach here has been wanting us to get to um for an hour. Oh, and we now. have a whole we have a whole patron <laughs> episode that we're going to go into this too. So you know, <laughs> you're getting your taste here. <laughs> yes. We also have been receiving a lot of I believe very well-intentioned requests to do things like make appearances on labor panels. I believe at this point we've received six different requests um, to Ooh. participate uh, and be wow. speakers on on six different labor panels. Um, at least four of them are from professors at a, at a local college. So we've gotten that. And then, of course, more recently, the sort of culmination of all of this that resulted in me uh, very angrily and frustratedly messaging Chill, uh, not Chill, sorry, messaging Zach. Oh, God. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm just just a gamer tag to you. You're just a gamer tag to me. (laughs) I don't know you. (laughs) Um, And Gaz. I I messaged both of them very frustrated. Again, what I believe was a very well-intentioned visit from Democratic Congressional um, House Representative nominee Greg Kassar to our store. So I guess to kind of unpack all of this, the summary of these particular experiences is that it's very clear that being the first Starbucks store in Texas to petition to unionize, we now possess a certain level of what the internet calls clout, but for the (laughs) sake of timelessness, I'm going to refer to it as social capital. And it is obvious that there are certain actors who want a piece of that, who want to use what we are doing as a way to prop themselves and their work and their efforts up. That's the summary of it. So I guess if we want to go into a little more detail on that, you know, y'all can kind of start steering us in a direction. <laughs> so we're talking about the visit from uh, oh, for my own benefit, uh, editing it out. Is the Greg Kassar thing the place to start with this or your? I, I think it's because it's the one thing that we agreed to. Um, whereas all of these labor panel offerings um, have been rejected, um, and we get some very interesting responses when we reject them. Um, <laughs> it's the one that actually happens to us, so I think okay. it's a. I think it's probably a, a safe tip to, to to go there. Yeah. Okay. So, in that case, in the uh, tradition of this show, which we are doing an hour in instead of like 10 minutes in, like usual, we have you've brought us a tweet from get Greg Kassar to to kick off the one. Uh, can I say opportunist event? Is that no, mean? I wouldn't call I wouldn't Is outright not... call it an opportunist event, okay, even okay. though even though you could absolutely make a case that there was some opportunist intentions behind it. Uh, I I do really think that the vast majority of people who showed up uh, genuinely believe in the labor movement, genuinely believe okay. in worker power and genuinely want to see better things for myself and my coworkers. But this is obviously a political campaign. And yeah. so there will always be some opportunistic intentions underneath everything that's been done, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. It, yeah. We live in a society. It's hard for <laughs> live in a society. Both, it's hard for your, for Greg to both like run for this position 
and to show up and show support for your store and for you as workers without it also being an opportunity for Greg to take a bunch of pictures and show off how much Greg supports your store and you as workers. I mean, I don't want to derail it too far. All I'll say is I think if like someone was in any of those, you know, Zoom meetings where they're like, we'll just get the city on your side and you're just like a candidate who's in that meeting being like, yes, I will also spread you to everyone who's on my mailing list and shit to mass them like that. That seems good enough. It's just me. That all mm-hmm. said, ignoring all of that, we have Greg Kassar. We have a tweet here. There are images of Greg speaking in front of your Starbucks. And Greg says, today we're on a Texas solidarity tour of the Starbucks stores organizing with at SB Workers United. San Antonio's 410 Vance Jackson store was the first in Texas to start unionizing. Join us in supporting these Starbucks partners by ordering drinks under hashtag union strong. So how did this come to be? Yeah. Um, so I received an email from a prominent organizer with Buffalo. I have the email in front of me right now. And the subject line of the email is Texas politician wants to visit San Antonio and Austin stores. The email basically uh, just says that the, the comms director for Workers United and the communications staff for this politician want to connect with the organizing committee mm-hmm. at my store and kind of coordinate this visit. And I won't go through and like re reread every single email to you, but the impression that I was under from these emails that we were receiving, um, I went ahead uh, and took this on given my particular role within our organizing committee. We've delegated a lot of like how emails get replied to and stuff like that within the committee. So, um, but I took this on and the impression that I was under was that it was going to be a visit, just a casual visit. Like a mm-hmm. like this politician who's on the campaign trail is going to come into the store, you know, probably order a coffee under Union Strong and then just hang out for a bit, you know, maybe chat with some of the workers, chat with people in the cafe, just kind of do that do that politician thing where they make themselves available to the general public to continue to paint that picture of being a public servant right yeah and previously our store long before any sort of talk of organizing was actually happening we received a visit from from the mayor of san antonio and it was that it was very casually that came in got a coffee chatted with a couple people and then left to go do mayoral things like increase the san antonio police budget um anyway um (laughs) (laughs) oh no so yeah i i responded to this email the same way that I respond to any group that has ever reached out to us, be it like someone coming into the store and asking or via email or on Twitter or whatever, saying they want to come and they want to just hang out and bring their friends or bring their organization with them and just support us. And that response is, we would love to hang out with you all. We would love for you to visit. Um, Starbucks does have rules in place that are known as the third place rules that, you know, you guys will need to follow. You just can't be disruptive or anything like that. Um, but as long as, you know, you're not planning anything that would disrupt our third place, um, we would love to have you hang out with us. Um, it's a very generic response. Yes. And part of that is is an, is an attempt to kind of protect ourselves, um, you know, given what happened in Memphis with the partners getting fired for talking to the press and everything. So that was what I said. Then um, about three days before this visit is supposed to happen, I get 
three emails. I woke up to three emails from the comms director of Workers United, basically asking for a call. Um, and then there was another email in the mix. Where, where did you go? I was just looking at you. There you are. Um, and this email was a breakdown of the event. And it basically you know, tells us that Greg was planning on being at our store at 9 a.m. Um, we already had a date and everything. This was going to be March 24th. And then kind of a breakdown of what times they were planning on being at the other stores. But after all of that, there is a sentence that basically says, Greg will do a short presser outside your store, CJ. <laughs> and then no. go in with his entourage and press to oh order coffee under Union Strong and, if possible, speak with partners. Um, and then it also said that he would present a letter to Howard Schultz, like, to our store manager, uh, demanding that Howard Schultz sign the, the like, fair organizing uh um the thing that buffalo has put together oh my god you need to talk to the people in the store uh-huh <laughs> so i immediately got on the phone with the comms director for workers united and i was and i basically <laughs> literally went hi what <laughs> um <laughs> this is not what we agreed to so i immediately was like press cannot come into the store do you not remember what happened in memphis like you know yeah. what are you doing this is actively harmful to us and to what we're doing in our store, which as a recap, we showed up to work after we filed our petition and we made sure that everybody was on the same page and we all showed up like it was any other day. We have continued to show up to work to do our jobs like normal. You know, we're not putting on any shows. We're not picketing. We're not hanging flyers all over the store. We're not doing anything because it's not necessary in our space. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, we're not giving Starbucks any reason to escalate things with us. We're very intentionally doing that. And we all agreed that unless Starbucks started taking union busting action that was escalating things in our store, we would not be the first. And now I have this politician who's literally going to bring an entourage of press into our store oh my God. with him. And when I told this person that the press was not allowed in the store, like that, that was not an option, that it would be against the rules, you know, basically what was said to me was, well, could we just, you know, pretend like we don't know until someone tells them to stop oh my filming God. and stuff? No, um, <laughs> that doesn't work. And I said, no, <laughs> I'm already on thin ice as a result of this event even being what it is um like you realize i now have to go tell my my store manager that there's going to be a massive crowd of people in front of our store and a politician giving a speech um so you've already put me in a difficult spot and now you want to put me in an even more difficult spot by pretending like you don't know what the rules are like do you not realize what you're doing to me in my store for context in memphis seven workers were fired uh in response to quote, multiple violations of company safety and security policies. Yes, um, they were fired um, for very stupid things that happen at every single store across the country on a daily basis. And mm -hmm. these mm -hmm. seven individuals have more or less confirmed on their social media that the real reason Starbucks wanted them out is because they spoke to the press um, about their organizing efforts uh, like uh, outside of and in their store and Starbucks was not okay with that but Starbucks will not cite that as the reason that they were fired hmm. so yeah 
Um, at this point, I believe I called Gaz while I was driving to the store to get my morning coffee. And I said, what? <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's very different than... It was just very different than what we had discussed. And hearing you repeat how those phone conversations went on your end, trying to, you know, basically do damage control on something we did not start or invite. It sounds like a lot of, well, you know, thanks for being concerned for us, but we're willing to take the consequences. And it's like, we're not. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> hello. The, the people running the movement that you're so excited <laughs> yeah. about, that's not what we asked for. Yeah. And it was just, that was a hectic, I mean, things turned around in about, in a, in the span of maybe two, two, three hours. Yeah. But this was kind of right. the top of the roller coaster. Uh, well, I would actually argue it goes even higher than this because <laughs> of what happened next. We're not quite at the top yet. <laughs> Yeah, so Gaz and I Gaz and I talked through the whole situation, vented a lot of our frustrations with what was going on, and basically kind of resolved that when I got to the store, I needed to go to our store manager and be like, hi, this is happening, um, and we did not sanction this. I just work here, bro. Literally, I just work here. Uh, here's what I was asked, here's what was said. And here was what we, as your organizing partners, thought was going to happen. And then basically just tell her, like, I'm not done having these conversations with these individuals, and I intend to continue to fight them until they agree to comply with our third place rules. But, you know, at this point, things are potentially out of my control. And I want to come to you now and say whatever happens on Thursday, like, if it becomes an issue, one, I fully accept and expect you to take the actions that you're supposed to take as a store manager as far as kicking these people out or escalating things if if things continue to go that way and two make sure that you know this is not us um we did not ask for this so i get to the store um and one of the shift supervisors who is who is working towards becoming a store manager and we're all very proud of her and very excited for her she she's been with the company for years and years and years and and she really does does deserve more um she was leaving and i asked her if our store manager was there she told me no our store manager was on vacation and i said okay <laughs> did she designate one of our one of us as the supervisors to be in charge while she's gone and she said no and i was like well so i guess that's you then huh and she was like probably <laughs> um so i just said so i just i just gave her the same spiel that i just that i just gave all of you and i think i ended with you know uh i don't remember exactly what my, just, my it's not what we asked final for words were and, yeah it was basically yeah, just I'm like this is best. not what we asked for this is not what we wanted and we're gonna do our best and and the response that i got was well that's what you get I was like, what? But I didn't think too much of it because I was still dealing with all of this. Then, shortly after that, after she had left, we uh, all, as supervisors, received a message. Oh God, this is probably this is probably bordering on something that could get me fired. Ah, eh, whatever. Um, uh -oh. I mean, I would just say that <laughs> I would just say the link was the you know that somebody yeah. shared the link. Yeah, we as you we know, as we. Uh, we all as supervisors received uh, a message from this individual, which was a screenshot of a Reddit post um, and the message basically stating that the, the union team should be the ones to work 
that time since we invited all of this to the store. So, you know, obviously uh. was not getting any sympathy from from my my coworker about our situation and everything. Um, and if what you was wanna... the Reddit post she attached? Yeah, so th- this is a Reddit. We'll get to that because uh, yeah. I have one more thing okay. to add to this, um, which was because of her message, I was able to call. I was able to actually get in touch with both both the comms director from Starbucks Workers United and Greg's communications team and essentially be like, look, one of my coworkers is already blaming our union organization or union organizing for your actions. So you're hurting us. It's already happened. What are you going to do about it? And was able to kind of take control of the situation. That's wonderful. But the Reddit post. The Reddit post. This Reddit post is the top of the roller coaster. This Reddit post is the top of the roller coaster. (laughs) This Reddit post, it does not exist anymore. It has been taken down. It was taken down the morning of the event, a few hours before the event was supposed to happen. Uh, I did receive messages from the individual who posted it, uh, but honestly, given the time frame of everything that happened, I didn't get to respond, and I think I haven't responded still. Whoops. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Which is fine. Um, This post basically was asking... It looked like it was tied to Greg's visit, and it uh, essentially was asking for the rest of the community to show up at the store at this time, um, at 9 a.m. on Thursday, the 24th, um, and it included calls to action such as bring signs and stuff and be ready to stand outside the store in solidarity with the workers. No, you don't pick it a store that's unionizing. <laughs> you pick it with them on strike. You would think that, wouldn't you? I would um, think that. <laughs> it's, so it's such a like, there's a fervor out there, and you know, undirected as of right now, a fervor out there like that has no outlet, and like the first outlet that that people find, the first relief valve that that pops up, it's like all of a sudden there's just like there's just this like outpouring of cringe. <sighs> Honestly. <laughs> That's the top of the roller coaster. So now, so, you know, I, this is prior to my call with the comms director and the communications team for for Greg. Now we have, you know, a coworker who is othering the organizers at my store, um, who has sent a screenshot of a Reddit post inciting picketing in front of our store to a group chat full of the shift supervisors at my store and our store manager, who, need I remind you, this person just told me was on vacation. Yeah. And we have a politician coming to visit us, bringing a posse of press with him who, you know, they have given me every indication they are going to just bring in the store, regardless of whether I tell them they can or they can't. That is the top of the roller coaster. This is a clusterfuck. You have like anywhere between like what sounds like 10 and a thousand people who are just going to harangue your store and (laughs) put your job at risk. On any given day, there are between ten and a thousand people <laughs> that you have to fight off personally. It would just uh, like to work at Starbucks, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, you're describing every single day at Starbucks. <laughs> like, um, yeah, it's it sure is something. And you know, we have 
January 27th at 8 p.m. was when we went public with our intention to, to, to organize. And then three days later was when our petition was filed with the NLRB. So from January 27th to March 21st, we had no union busting action or any sort of retaliatory action occurring at our store, apart from being told that we weren't allowed to wear more than one uh, Starbucks Workers United pin. That was it. That was literally the worst thing that we had gone through. And when our, our honestly, when our lawyer told us like, hey, this is probably a ULP violation, like we could file a charge over this. My response was, it's not worth it. I'm not I don't want to file a ULP charge until we actually have something serious to file it over. Like this needs to be a card that we wait to play. That was So so that was it. Yeah. Everything was more or less smooth sailing as far as organizing went. We obviously were still having a lot of issues within the workplace. Um, and for whatever reason, right after we f- we filed our petition, every single person at my store started going through an intense personal life crisis. <laughs> God. Like, it's not even an exaggeration. <laughs> every single person that I spoke to in the week that followed was dealing with a breakup, was dealing with abuse, was dealing with, you know, COVID. moving, was dealing with COVID, was like everything. Every single person had a massive personal life crisis. I was fighting with their parents. Like, you name it, it was happening to somebody in my store. Jeez. One person actually had, like, two deaths in the family, like, back to back. Like, this is all after we oh, after we filed. So, oh my God. so, you know, we had all of that stuff going on, but nothing else. And now this, what I just described to you. <laughs> yeah. So I made, a twi- I made a Twitter thread after this, um, mm-hmm. and it was emotionally charged, which I usually do my darndest these days to stay away from social media when I'm experiencing a lot of emotion. But, you know, what was about to happen in our store was so immediate and was approaching. And I, you know, I have a lot of followers who live in Texas who come into our store and support us regularly, mm-hmm. that it felt very worthwhile to make some kind of statement saying, this Reddit post, if you've seen it, is not us. And I swear to God, you better not show up in front of my store holding signs. Um, <laughs> um and i did of course make a more general statement of like you cannot go above workers heads when they are organizing and take action that they have not explicitly asked you to take like what are you thinking yeah for god's sake talk to them like it's very easy to get in contact with you it sounds like i still have some investigating we've been very clear (laughs) we've we've given you know plenty of you know other ways to support us and Mm -hmm. we've answered questions on twitter and you know, we've said it most, you know, hey, if you don't want to spend the money, you can come in and get a water and, you know, put it under union. Yes. Just to show people that but nobody asked you to to turn people away from the store. We've we mm-hmm. specifically said that we need our store to be successful in order to fight any sort of union busting that might be coming down the line. And and even blaming the movement. And and that's not to say that there haven't been people who have openly expressed they were ready to like picket and strike with us. Like when the DSA had that first conversation with us, like part of the whole thing was, you know, they a lot of these organizations are already in the mindset that we're dealing with the worst of it, that we're in the thick of it. People are getting fired. It's, you know, chaos in the streets and everything. <laughs> and we're ready to we're ready to stand with you. And, you know, myself, Gaz and other organizing committee members are just sitting there like cool nothing nothing's well, happening friend we'll we're, let you know we're just, but we'll let you know <laughs> like yeah. uh, that's all there is to it like you know as we've been alluding to as as zach has especially been alluding to this whole podcast you know they are living under the romanticized version of unionizing 
and we're over here like we're just doing paperwork. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's cool to have that like support. I imagine like that probably makes you feel pretty good. But at the Incredible. end of the day, like you said, everyone is like you know, people are dying. Pets have to go to the vet. You know, you have to wake up and. Uh, you have to you have to make your protein shakes and then go work out for three hours before going to work every day. Like that's just life is continuing onwards. Like unionizing is not the important part, right? The important part was already done. You already talked to everyone, and you you have a a a workplace that you've already worked together to make better. And yeah. and like you didn't have a a shitty power tripping manager. It sounds like no. Yeah, I mean that's ninety percent the reason to unionize first of all so uh, <laughs> oh you would know something about that would you zach about power tripping managers <laughs> <laughs> god well i think we've i think we've got quite enough for this episode if you want to hear more of the juicy details that we're going to go into be sure and subscribe to our patreon just like uh just like these comrades have we would like to shout out all of our patrons that's nicole Pizza Poss, Comrade Kometka, Alan, Cody, Kira, Jin, Knightley, Andrew, the conduit of the existential dread of existential dread of fatherhood itself, Julian, Julia, Dylan, Samantha, Caleb, Jack, Brubes, Lizzie, the brilliant Doctor Fly, Alex, Olive Lotion Wizard, Jorge, Doctor Sophia, Tyler, Malwin, Eli, Rufus, Nonimal Rat, Ryan, Tim, the Undead Comrade, Scott, and the Warlock Prosperous. And uh, we just have a new Patreon subscriber, Drew. Thank you. Andrew, thank you so much for joining this lovely crew. Y'all keep the show plugging along. Y'all uh, help us afford things like buying Reaper instead of just using the free version. I did buy it. Uh, you bought it. me the auto editing software. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Let us know how you liked our latest Patreon exclusive episode, the one that we just posted, and let us know how much you liked our up and coming union patron episode remember if you want to become a patron you can for as low as a dollar a month and get access to a bonus episode of the show every week as well as have exclusive access to our other projects like dolphins and garages as well as a lot of dennis's other cult podcast content if you can't donate we understand but you can really help us out if you like and rate our podcast on your podcast listening app wherever you are we are there as well don't forget to share our show with a friend or a loved one and to uh tweeted us uh, at least once a week uh, or at least messaging us uh, the most heinous tweet that you found to be featured on our tweet of the week segment. Yeah. If, if there's something you hate, let us know. <laughs> if you hate it, we'll hate it twice <laughs> as much. Trust me. I already hate it. CJ, Gaz, thank you so much for cutting time out of your uh, you know, overwhelming your crushing Starbucks <laughs> yeah. schedule where you have to go in every day and, and beat off the Karens with a stick. <laughs> That's Zach. You know, oh beat God. off maybe are, you have to you have to stop the Karens in their tracks. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm still recovering. Um yeah, no, it's it's been a pleasure. Thanks for letting me uh ramble and rant about all all of this. <laughs> yeah, no, this is absolutely fascinating, and we're happy to get all the juicy details in a moment on the Patreon that we have to hide behind the paywall so that you are safe and <laughs> Two questions. Where can people find you and do you want people to find you there? Um I I I don't exist. I'm 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 a figment of your imagination. <laughs> do not perceive me. Um the pronouns that I gave at the top of the 
podcast. Those were fake. I have no pronouns. Do not refer to me. Um, <laughs> no, if you if you do want, I I I do not use Twitter that often, and most of it is video game related stuff. But every once in a while, I will post small updates about what's going on in our store. So if you want more. Uh, if you kind of want to keep up with what's happening at my Starbucks store, you can follow me at MeanderingCJ on uh, on Twitter. All right. And Gaz, anywhere you want people to find you. I'm at GazJutinex everywhere. G-A-Z-J-E-W-T-I-N-X. You can follow me on Twitter if like this is the stuff you're interested in. If you're an actor, Instagram. If you're a cringy cosplayer, TikTok. Ah, yes. Yes. I needed a COVID hobby. <laughs> okay all right all right a covid hobby yes sure sure i was trying to figure out what the teen x was for i got it i got it now. like jewish yeah. and latinx yeah my, my two personalities <laughs> gaz's uh gaz's covid hobby was um amassing a following of thirty thousand people on tiktok and my covid Ooh. following was making um a gamer discord server that i now have to be a, a father over and is like another job so i think gaz <laughs> is winning as far as covid hobbies go mm-hmm. i think you're changing lives though oh, uh, oh my god <laughs> i need to leave i've gotta go i have a thing it's it has um, to do with the gamer discord i, I, guarantee I can't be here you anymore you know what cj's no. on we got the multiple schedule thing going I did not agree to this harassment and, <laughs> and bullying when I when I told you that I would come on your podcast in lieu of speaking to any any press. So, <laughs> anyways, this is where I'm in charge, unlike the gamer Discord. So you can check out Psychic Dolphin Garage everywhere. We should be at Psychic Dolphin Garage or just at Dolphin Garage. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I don't think. Oh, don't follow! Don't follow us those places. We're only on Twitter. I don't. know. Oh, well, we were we were running them Twitter. before, but then you know, <laughs> me and Kelton fell off the bandwagon, and now we only have a Twitter. S- so. S- since you've been gone, we've been working on editing episodes and coming up with a format for them, and just sort of like being fancy. And I post. Uh-huh, them okay. Just it's all the links are in the description. They, they always they are. are. They always were. And we always will be. Uh, we will see y'all in the future. Goodbye for now. We always are. We always were. And we always will be. God, is that you? Bye, everyone.